Wow. <laughs> Isn't God amazing? I feel like we can give him a round of applause. Isn't he amazing? <laughs> He's great. Um, yeah, just thank you to the worship team for sharing your talents and using them for the glory of God. I think that was amazing, right? Yeah, that's great. Thank you so much, guys. Um, and on that note, I'd like to welcome uh, Pastor Josh. He's going to be preaching, sharing the word tonight. Um, if we could just stretch out our hands and please pray for him as I'm also praying for him. Dad, thank you so much uh, for Josh and that his, his willingness to come and just share your heart to the people, Lord. I just pray that um, all that he says is straight from your mouth and straight from your heart, Lord, and that um, he may speak clearly and just communicate everything that you want to say to us today. We thank you, Lord, and we love you. And thank you for loving Josh and, and every one of us here. In my name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Leah. Uh, isn't the Lord wonderful? Can we give him another round of applause for what, what was happening there? Thank you, Lord. Uh, I'd like to pray as well. Thank you, Lord God, that you have chosen me. Um, I pray that you would speak through me, as Leah said, and I pray that uh, people's hearts would be open, that the seeds that you plant tonight would fall on fertile soil. In Jesus' name, amen. So it's my first time speaking at Young Adults, so I kind of want to get a sense for the room. I'll tell you guys a little bit about who I am just now. But how many single people are here tonight? Can I get a whoop whoop? Uh, put your hands up. up in the, mm. um, not, not married, not married included in that. So, okay. How many married people do we have in the room tonight? Whoop whoop. Yes, my wife put up her hand. That is so great. All right. Uh, my name is Joshua, if you didn't catch Leah saying it the first time. Uh, I'm the youth leader here at Hatfield Christian Church. Um, and the reason why I asked that is I wanted to brag a little bit. I've been married for a year, three months, and 21 days today. Um, super excited. I know many of you have been married for a lot longer than that, and I respect you so much for that. Um, for those of you who are still getting going to get married in the future, I recommend it. It's fantastic. You should try it sometime. Uh, but stay married, stay married. Uh, some word of advice, though, for those that are still wanting to get married. In my short time of being married, I've learned a couple of lessons. One of those things is, if you say you're going to take out the trash, do it. Do it immediately. If you say you're going to wash the dishes, or if your wife asks you to wash the dishes, do it immediately, because you are going to forget. Uh, sometimes that forgetfulness is selective. Um, like sometimes we have selective hearing when the rugby is playing. Thank goodness South Africa won today. I'm so happy. Um, sometimes we have that selective, selective hearing and sometimes we have that selective memory as well. Um, and I've heard that it's not only guys that suffer with this problem. Ladies, do you agree with me? Sometimes we do. Um, and sometimes this forgetfulness lands us in places that are not so great, right? Like I've... I've come to appreciate the age-old saying, happy wife, happy life. Um, and when my wife is not happy because I haven't done the dishes, let's just say life is not as happy, is not as happy as it could be. Um, I'm exposing, I'm sorry, I'll stop now. <laughs> um, but how true is this of life? That when we forget important things or when we forget instructions that have been given to us, sometimes we land up in spaces that we shouldn't be. You guys agree with me? All right, and the scripture speaks about this topic very clearly in James 1. If we can put it up on the screen, James 1, verse 21 to 24. 
Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Have any of you ever experienced that? Like you look in the mirror, you walk away, you come back, you're like, whoa, who's that? <laughs> like it's, it's a bit daft um, if you say it like that, but that is what the scripture says. When God has instructed us to do something or when we've read the word and we go away and we don't do what it says, it's like that man who looks in the mirror and forgets what he looks like a couple of seconds later. I want to talk tonight a little bit about a group of people that forgot a lot of things, right? Um, you guys know the story of Moses. I assume a lot of people know the story of Moses. Um, the Israelites were a group of people that descended from Abraham, um, and they were in captivity for 400 years in Egypt, and Moses came through and said, let my people go. And after a couple of huge miracles, he took the Israelites out of Egypt. And while they're going out of Egypt and wandering through the wilderness, the Israelites forgot what God had done for them. They started complaining like, yo, man, I wish we had something else to eat. This food is getting old. Like, manna is just like, nah, bro. Like, I want some meat. Um, I'd probably be in the same boat. Meat is great. Um, or, yo, Lord, you just brought us out here to kill us. You know, you're not actually going to save us. Oh, wow, look at those giants. They're so huge. There's no way that we can overcome. Did you forget what God just did in Egypt. Like he's been guiding you with a pillar of fire. What giant is going to stand against the pillar of fire? Tell me. And those people forgot, literally forgot what God had told them in the first place. And I want to speak a little bit about Moses because he is a great example of someone who remembered in a crowd of people that forgot. And this is my challenge for you guys tonight is, would you be people that remember in a country that forgets? Would you be a people that remember in a city that has forgotten or in a friend group that has forgotten what God has done for them? Would you be people that remember? Now, Moses was a really, really incredible guy. Um, he spent so much time with God. Like, I'm so jealous of the relationship that he had with God. Um, jealous in a good way, I think. Um, Moses spent quite a lot of time with God, and he went up on this one occasion up Mount Sinai, and he spent 40 days in the Lord's presence without eating or drinking. He was fasting, and he was with God for 40 days. Now, that's incredible, and I don't recommend any of you try that unless the Lord says so. Um, but he got to spend time with God face to face. There was a cloud that came down, and the Lord was speaking in the thunder, and he went up the mountain, and he had this incredible encounter with God, and he came down with the Ten Commandments that we now know today. And I want to read a portion of Scripture in Exodus 34, if we can throw it up on the screen. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the covenant of the law in his hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant, and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them, so Aaron and all the leaders of the community came back to him, and he spoke to them. Just wonder if you can put yourselves in the shoes of the Israelites. This guy's been missing for 40 days, 
And he comes back and his face is shining. It's crazy. Afterwards, all the Israelites came near him and he gave all the commandments that the law had given him on Mount Sinai. When Moses finished speaking to them, he put a veil over his face. But whenever he entered the Lord's presence to speak to him, he removed the veil until he came out. And when he came out, he told the Israelites what he had been commanded. They saw that his face was radiant. Then Moses would put the veil back over his face until he went in to speak with the Lord. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I really want that. Like, I want to freak people out. I'm that guy. Like, I, I love giving people frights. I love freaking people out a little bit. Like, imagine coming around the corner and your face is shining. Like, you know in those cliche old movies where someone's trying to tell a scary story and they shine a light on their face underneath? But, like, having that without the light underneath, but having that come out of you, that would be so cool. And not just to freak people out, but to display the glory of God to display the character of God that has been revealed to you through his word. Now, I wonder how many of you guys would like that to happen to you tonight? Like, have miracles just coming out of you. <laughs> it's so cool. I want to speak about two things tonight, two practical points of how we can get there. And these two things are not at all new. And you guys have probably heard it many times before. But I want to repeat it tonight for the sake of remembering what God has spoken and that you can always take these two things deeper. No matter how far you are with God, whether you're just stepping on the mountain or whether you're almost at the peak, you can always take these two things further. Point number one, spend time with God. It's that simple. Spend time with God. Spend time in His Word. In that scripture in Exodus, it says that Mo Moses' face was radiant because the Lord had spoken to him, because he had spoken to the Lord, and he'd heard the word of the Lord. Yes, God passed by him, and he got to see the back of the Lord Almighty. What a privilege that must have been. But it says he was radiant because God had spoken to him. And God speaks to each one of us today through the word, through the scriptures, through people who release words on ministry mic, through the worship team, through people on the streets, through people at work, God can speak. And if we are listening, we'll be that much closer to having his glory on display in our lives. Step number two. And this one is a little bit tricky for me, personally. But step number two, get practical. Get practical. James 1 verse 25 says, um, Blessing will follow the man who continues in the ways of the Lord. Um, and I want to read as well James 1 verse 26 to 27. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. I just want to say one of the times that I forget what the word says often is when someone cuts me off in traffic. And then the word says, you should keep a tight rein on your tongue. Sometimes that's a little bit difficult. But in those moments, we need to remember what the, law, what the word of the Lord says. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this. 
to look after orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Now, just to clarify, I don't think that God is calling every single person in this room to give up their job, um, to go and look after specifically orphans and widows. Um, there's a story in Acts where the disciples were handing out food and eventually it got too much, and they said, this is not our calling. We need to be preaching and teaching the Word, so let's call men that are full of the Spirit. Note, full of the Spirit. It wasn't that it was a lesser job. It wasn't that it was a lesser job. Those men still needed to be full of the Spirit to hand out food to the orphans and the widows. And God has called each of us to get practical in our own lives and in our own spaces. And I said earlier that this one is a little bit tricky for me because I come up with a lot of excuses. God, I work at a church. <laughs> I'm not earning that much money. I don't have that much disposable income to throw away and to give out everything that I have. Or God, yo, it's busy. It's exam time now. It's the end of the year. I'm tired. Like, I don't know if I can do this. Or God, I live in South Africa. Right. Like, I step outside at night, and, you know, it's dangerous. Like, how am I supposed to minister to the people in the streets when I don't know if they want to take my life, take my wallet, take my wife? I don't know what they want to take. <laughs> and there is a real fear that builds up inside of me sometimes when God is calling me to step into spaces. But again, God calls us to remember His Word. If we can throw up that next slide... God owns the cattle on a thousand hills, so why should I be worried about provision? God made the sun stand still in Joshua 10, so why should I be worried about time? I can't use time as an excuse. God raised Jesus from the dead. How can I be fearful? There is no excuse in the presence of God. So point number one, spend time with God. Spend time in His Word daily, and you will become radiant. I just want to say a note on that word radiant. In Exodus, where it says Moses' face was radiant, that word originally means to put forth rays. That means that it wasn't necessarily a reflection like a mirror, but that radiance was coming from within him. Now, each of us are created in the image of God. And when we step closer to God, when we spend time in His Word, when we get practical, we conform more to the image of Christ. And then when that image is on display in our lives, we naturally become radiant because that's who God created us to be. Looking at all the faces in the room makes me so excited because I see potential in every single person that's sitting here today. God has gifted each one of us in this room in a specific way, and he's called each one of us to get practical. And I was talking about this with the Reverbians earlier this morning, the youth um, ministry, the high schoolers, um, and I asked each one of them a question, and I'd like to ask you guys as well if you'd like to participate with me. I, I love participation. Um, if you wouldn't mind finding at least one other person in the room, and would you tell them something that you are good at? Something that you are good at. Go. <laughs> J. 
Just one thing. I know many of you are gifted in many areas, but pick one. Pick one. Just to clarify as well, the question was, was, wasn't what are you going to win a gold medal at, at the Olympics? I'm just asking what are you good at? What gift do you have inside of you? Now, a second question, and I'd like you to answer it with that same person or group of people. How can you use that thing to glorify God? Go for it. So I minister to high schoolers on a regular basis, and normally high schoolers get very awkward when it comes to, to sharing things with others because they're at that stage where they're just like really just awkward beings. Um, so I'm going to try something that I tried with them as well. Would you raise your hand if the person next to you had something really cool that you can share with everyone? So it's not yours. It's the person next to you. And I want to have a couple of examples. So what are they good at and how are they going to use it to glorify God? Um, so he's good at writing music and he can glorify God by writing godly music. <laughs> nice. I like it. Worship team, take note. Take note. All right. I saw a couple of other hands here. Um, he's a skateboarder. And how are you going to use it? <laughs> huh? Um, I'm going to promote positive messaging through selling skateboards. I love that so much. That is so cool. Did you want to share his as well? Because you had your hand up just now. Do you remember what he's good at? Yeah, yeah, me. Um, so Sia's a singer. Yeah, yeah. And he's going to spread a godly message as well. I like it. I like it. I'm almost tempted to give you the mic to sing, but uh, we'll hold it back. Hold it back for now. Thanks, Josh. Um, so my partner was Robbie, and he is a chef, and he can cook really well. Um, and what he can do to glorify God with his craft is to make food, um, but then while he's making it, be singing and praying over it and interceding. Um, yeah. Sure. I want to come and eat your food, bro. It's so good. So good. I didn't get his name, but um, he said he's a problem solver. And, uh, but, but the way he's going to use it was um, surprising. He's going to use it to, uh, if I, uh, I'm phrasing it the way I understood it, to help people with trouble understand the truth and uh, the godly truth, and that will help them solve their problems. Wow, that is so, so incredible. Isn't God amazing? 
that he gives us such diverse gifts and he gives us such awesome ways to use the gifts that he has given us in such unique ways that no other person in the history of mankind has been in the situation that you've been in with the gifts that you have and the calling that you have and the anointing that he has on your life. And the sermon title that I was given for this week, and I really feel it strong on my heart, is Shine Because You Are Brilliant. Not because you are brilliant on your own. Because without God, we are nothing. But you are brilliant because the Holy Spirit resides in you. And he has called you to a place for a purpose. And that purpose is to display his glory to the world. Jesus said, you are the salt and you are the light. And just as Jesus did before he left his disciples, I want to do the same before I leave you. I want to commission you. Won't you go out and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them all that God has taught you, and he will be with you until the end of the age. Won't you go out and shine your light for the world to see? Amen. Lord God, thank you so much that you've given us gifts. Lord, I pray for each person sitting here, Lord, that has been challenged or that you've been speaking to, Lord God. I pray that you would give them the grace and the ability and the discipline to be able to spend more time with you, that we wouldn't use excuses, that we wouldn't come up with clever ways to avoid it, Lord God. But Lord, I pray that you would speak to each of us, that we would spend more time, but also that we would get practical, that we would not keep your glory for ourselves, but that we would take it to the world. And Lord, I pray that the world would come to know you through the Christians in the world. And I know that's a very sensitive topic at the moment. But Lord, I pray for Christians to be good examples. That when people see us, they get excited. Because they know that we carry something that no one else does. And that is your glory. That is your presence. Holy Spirit, I pray that you move in power and help us to stay rooted and grounded in your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.